Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am, in fact, Spud, Spud Goodman. <laughs> the Spud Man. <sighs> I'm laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> Welcome, one and all, to this quaint little radio show. If you hang around a bit, there's a decent chance it will hopefully be a pleasant experience for you. I mean, no promises, but this is looking like a show that does not suck. So why don't we get things started here? Uh, let me introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a hearty guffaw. <laughs> oh, not too shabby, huh? Yeah, that'll suffice. All righty. Um, and, and now I'm contractually obligated to introduce the show's temporary permanent co-host, Mr. Gerald Holcomb. So acknowledge my acknowledgement, um, but hey, do, do you know sign language? That would be great if you did. Well, okay, well, hello, everyone. And, and no, Spud, I do not have sign language skills. Well, I'm just asking. Well, I'm not opposed to learning them. You oh. know, Maybe I could sign up for a course, that but would be for cool. the time being, I have to express myself verbally. Well, what about the written word? I could have Chance the intern get you, you know, some paper and a pen, and you could write your responses should uh, anyone call on you. I, I seriously <laughs> doubt anyone will be doing that, but just in case of a miracle, you could just jot down a word or two, and I can read it to the listeners. You know, unless I'm ordered to do so by our executive producer, I will continue to communicate with my voice, if you don't mind. Well, I do mind, but I well, don't want to waste my time fighting, you know, with management. So I gotta move on. So what I wanted to discuss on the show is something I've been giving a lot of thought to. Yeah. Like, how a man is supposed to be in today's society. Can you keep a secret? I mean, what skills are are really necessary, and what are not just that? They they just don't matter. It's not important. Well, as for me, a man must be able to do the basics. You know, do a tune-up on our car, chop wood for the winter. Fix the plumbing if a really? pipe breaks. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. oh, Dang. yeah, be at least proficient in hand-to-hand combat. Ooh. I don't oh, think that is too much to ask the man in my life to be somewhat skilled at. I mean, I can do those things in my sleep, so why not whoever I sleep with? Hey, yeah. Uh, damn, Aunt Dorothy, you set the bar really high, don't you think? Well, I mean, There no. are a lot of eligible bachelors out there who might make a, a great boyfriend or, or husband, but yeah. maybe they're not mechanically inclined or can't take a punch well. Well, that's not an issue with the current man in my life. I don't know if you are aware, but Chance is the total package. He checks every box as far as my needs go, and I mean all my needs. That's so hot. 
Yeah, I really don't need specifics regarding Chance the intern's romantic skills. You know, okay. just yeah, okay. Mrs. Jarvitz, I understand you are attracted to the manly type, but not all women share your priorities. Uh, uh, take my wife, for instance. She knows that you know maybe I'm not the most skilled with a set of tools or uh, in physical combat, but I bring other strengths to the table. I'm gonna have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Yeah, what he said. Oh, well, if your wife is able to lower her sights on what she wants out of a man in her life, then that's her prerogative. She's not lowering her sights. Well, but. yes, I, and actually, I have to say, I just feel that both partners in a relationship need to possess basic, everyday skills to make a life together workable. I would never ask the man in my life to do anything I could not do myself. And believe me, I am not helpless. You know what I mean. Yeah, I'm going to vouch for you on that one. I remember, like when I was way back when I was in high school, I saw you deck some dude uh, at a mall parking lot who, who tried to take your purse. Uh, definitely a stupid move. The guy had, at the least, a broken nose. Um, and maybe a couple of teeth were lost. That's right. You can take care of yourself, that's for sure. Well, if it is war they want, then war they shall have! Again, fisticuffs are not what defines a man. I, I may not be a warrior, but I use my mind to defuse any threats to the safety of my family. You're my kid brother. You take care of me. Rest assured, I'm no pacifist. If the time came where someone in our home was threatened, I would use all of my considerable verbal skills to defuse the situation. <laughs> yeah, listen, the right words can disarm even the most dangerous assailant. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Oh. All I'm saying is a man, a real man, that is, has to have man. at least a few basic skills, like be able to take care of himself should anything happen to either of us. I don't need to worry myself sick that my significant other would crumble the first time he was alone and faced with some kind of challenge, whether physical or otherwise, like a broken garbage disposal. If I'm not available, stuff still needs to be fixed, you know. You know, fixing a garbage disposal is not real easy, Aunt Dorothy. Oh, brother. A real no. man knows when it's time to call a repairman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's just my opinion, but I do it really well, too. Yeah, Spud, let me tell you, I have at my beck and call a full list of technicians who can repair just about any aspect of a family home auto, backyard, disaster, you name it. They're all on my phone's speed dial list. You had me at hello. Hey, man, can you email me a copy? <laughs> yeah, don't forget. <laughs> all right, seriously. I, I will. But right now, I have to introduce our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little later on in the program. Say hello to Strangely All Right.
And somehow, somehow, I've been talking it on the damn Spud Goodman show. How the f*** has this happened? Uh, Spud. Yeah. You, well, your first guest, David Blaine, is waiting to speak with you. Okay, cool. You know, he was tough to get a hold of. A very mysterious guy. Are you familiar with some of the weird stunts he has pulled off in his career? He's really brave. Oh, I saw him do that dive of death a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really scary to watch him hang upside down for 60 hours. I could probably only handle doing that for, well, maybe 30 hours tops. He's really good. I, I, I just don't see why someone would risk their life doing these types of acts. Hey, 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 you shut your face! He's an artist, man. If it's not scary, then it's not a challenge for him. Huh. I don't think people would be fascinated watching you mow your lawn or clean out your gutters. It, well, you know what? We do have a two-story home, so it can be a bit risky doing the roof area. I'm just saying. I'm sure that in a pair of testicles. Oh, poof. Child's play. I've helped put new roofs on eight-story apartment buildings. Aunt Dorothy, hmm. you've always been a daredevil. Yeah. Uh, hey, someone just put David through. Please welcome illusionist and magician David Blaine. Thanks for coming on our show, man. No, thanks for having me. Okay, you'll be appearing at the Paramount Theater in Seattle on the 16th. Tickets are still available. And you'll also be visiting many cities uh, in this country over the next few months. So our listeners in other areas need to check your website, davidblaine.com, to find out where you're going to be. Um, so what uh, cerebrum-blowing stuff do you have ready for this tour? This is a combination of everything that I've worked my entire life doing. So it has things like the water tank, which actually killed Harry Houdini. I mean, he died after doing it on stage. He didn't die from it, but he collapsed after doing it. it was rushed to a hospital where he died. So I have a water tank that's similar to his with the, you know, the whole upside down breath holding thing. Mine's based more on endurance than, skate, than escapes, but it's, it's still a, 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 a unique visual, I think. And then I have... Lots of interactive magic where I go into the audience, bring people up, and I start doing things to them, which, you know, I, I think is, uh, you know, I think it's something that, that that could never be done by another ever, and I don't even think I can do it much longer. So I'm excited about doing a show that I feel is unique, but still, like some writer put a book out called Skin in the Game, which is where I actually have skin in the game. So it's not just what you would expect from a magic show, it's kind of the opposite. Huh. Well, now you've performed a number of acts that would be conservatively described as suicidal, but but you're still alive, as people can hear your voice right now. Or or maybe you aren't alive, and that is the greatest act in the history of illusion. You, you're, you, I, I'm pretty sure you're alive, right? Yeah, no, no. When I do these things, they seem really crazy, but to be honest, they're based on history, and I find free divers, and I find people, or I hear stories of people that have survived these things that seem like scientific marbles that I look at them instead of as marbles as something that can be explained and understood and then I start to research and train and try to figure out a method to do it and usually it's, huh. it's, it's actually just practice training experimenting and failing and then trying again and again and again so it, it, and it's not like you know these things have no history there's always some sort of a history in some level I've just in magic even there's these guys that I like that were 
like currently the human regurgitator and the guy that was a human aquarium and the guy that was a human dragon and one guy put kerosene in his stomach one guy was able to store creatures in his stomach and all these feats were done by individuals and they would do their own specific tasks but what i started to do is realizing based on the evidence and the and the and the and the proof of these things being done for real i would start to research them try them out and learn them and then try to figure out how the human body can can adapt to do things that seem impossible but actually are possible and that's kind of what the show is about it's like doing things that seem impossible but really can be done yeah you know speaking of strange things i remember way back on my tv show i had uh, jim rose circus sideshow on and those guys did some really strange stuff to their bodies i remember that but anyway um so so let's go back for a moment to your younger years like back in high school were you jackass-esque way before that show ever saw the light of day or were you a careful safety oriented kid and no, I, w- I was always kind of, even when I was younger than yeah. that, I mean, in high school, I would walk all winter with just a t-shirt on and I was in, in Northern New Jersey and it was, you know, they were pretty cold winters and I would, we'd walk miles cause we didn't have cars and I would just walk with, you know, with, with, with just a t-shirt on. And I, I, I think I used to, and I would always win bets from everybody swinging, swimming laps underwater and doing things like that. Well, let, let's let's hit with a uh, specific thing that you've done. That kind of, I don't, I can't figure out how you did it. In year two thousand, you attempted an act titled "Frozen in Time." You were encased in a block of ice for 63, 63 hours, forty two minutes, and fifteen seconds. Just how cold was it? And obviously, there, there was shrinkage involved when you got out of there. How how'd you do that? It was by far the most difficult thing I've ever done. So that that one specifically was the hardest of my entire career and that's one that i could never do again just standing up in one place in a block of ice even though there's an igloo effect because the ice isn't touching your skin it's you know several inches away but the still it's just the, the 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 challenge of being in that environment while standing the entire time without sleeping without food while shivering the whole time even though it was a warm november and the air pumping through was still you know 68 or so it was still a nightmare and i you know it, i don't know how i did that one actually i think that one was sheer willpower i think that was you know overriding the body by fighting and saying i'm not going to stop no matter what which is kind of how I feel about this tour. It's like every night I have to kind of psych myself into doing it because the things are just so physically demanding. Huh. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. But I don't want to toot my own horn, but my wife, Rachel, to this day, tells everyone about my own mind-blowing stunt. It was at a Holcomb family reunion yeah, gathering okay. in Logan, Utah one summer. We all drove to a local putt-putt miniature golf course. It's sad that they're all closed these days. But anyway, my, my then little nephew, Howard, asked me... Uh, hey, hey, I, da- hey, David, I need to take care of something. G- give me a, a moment here. Yep, that's good. You can't just jump in during my interview and tell some boring story that goes on and on. I'm working here. Yeah, yeah. Talk about an inappropriate time to bore us all with some stale story from your past. Well, you guys, it's a pretty impressive story, so let me finish. Anyway, my nephew Howard bet me a vanilla milkshake that I could not hold four golf balls in my mouth at one time, you know, while being a human obstacle. So I lay down and I let my relatives putt not four, but six golf balls directly into my mouth. The whole place stopped and came over to watch I surprised myself after the first four. 
Yeah, I don't think you could sell tickets for that lame act. Well, now let me return to David. Okay, I'm back. All good, no worries. I'm uh, all good. I like this. is fun. Well, I was going to ask you this. You performed for the late, great Stephen Hawking. Was he a tough audience? Did he, Did you stump him too? And, or did, did he come up afterwards? Like, I was wondering if he asked you how you did no, it. No, he was, yeah, he was amazing. Because he, first of all, he just, I think he just had, has a love for magic and things he doesn't understand. Obviously, that's what his whole career is driven on, is, is looking into things he can't understand. So magic is kind of perfect for that type of brain. So he, he was almost a perfect audience. And then as we started working more and more and doing things together he started telling me these incredible stories about when he was young when he was a kid up at oxford and he would do these like major you know beer drinking competitions where he said he would do the same as what i was doing which was basically you know storing as much liquid in the stomach as possible and stuff like that so it was it was that was pretty amazing that was he was one of my favorite people to to meet and be able to perform for actually yeah the world will miss him for uh, yeah, uh, it's, he was an amazing man. Um, so, so you've done so many unbelievable acts that I won't bug you with any more questions about them specifically, but have you ever in the middle of one just said to yourself, what the hell am I doing? You know, second-guessing yourself? Yeah, I did that. That one was called Dive of Death. I had no clue what I was doing. We changed the stunt. We didn't get to practice it because standards and practices ABC said, no, you're not going to jump around off of the edge with a noose around your neck. So that one was kind of like I was upside down, like, what am I What am I doing? But I just kept doing it. it was, you know, it was fun. It just didn't come out the way I'd hoped it would. Right. Well, my, my last question was going to was or is going to be this. Who the heck was your role model in this sector of show business? Because, I mean, whoever inspired you, I don't know who that person is because there's only a handful of them who have ever, you know, ever even attempted what you what you do. Well, you know, I, I, I once again, I think as a kid growing up in Brooklyn with a single mother for the first decade of my life, I didn't really have a father figure, so I kind of looked up to these these you know these these characters these people or these stories of magicians like harry houdini or an act by haji ali this guy that was a human dragon so i kind of i read these stories and, and fantasized about them and thought wow that's so amazing so it kind of became my education as i started to grow i started to actually try these things because my mother gave me this un unending confidence and belief that anything is possible. So I, I, I kind of looked at what they were doing and said, oh, well, if, if somebody could do that, somebody else could do it, and I could do it. And, and it was just, you know, this 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 pursuit of the impossible, or, or this it's seemingly impossible. All right, let me say again that you will be appearing at the Paramount Theater in Seattle on the 16th, and we'll be touring the country, so our listeners need to visit davidblaine.com for dates of where you're going to be. Thank you for having me. It was nice to meet you. Hope to meet you Super. in person. Yeah, there you have it, Mr. Dave. Yeah, there you have it, Mr. Right. David Blaine. Thank you. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission.
We're trees and timber, and we approve this message. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, the show's resident psychic, Ted Marr, is holding for you. Well, put him on. Uh, yeah, should I do his plug? Yeah, that's that's what that's the only job you have to I, do here. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Ted Mars Out of This World can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. and on the web. Here he is. All right, Ted, thanks for calling into the show. I mean, we, we have some time to kill here, and, and if you blew us off, I would have to fill the dead air myself. Uh, okay, with my co-host is here, too, but anyway. Um, temporary co-host, or temporary permanent, whatever. Anyway, it's just way too much work. What I wanted to discuss with you is my current streak of horrible things happening to me. I'm, I'm in one of those streaks where nothing is going right. Have you ever had one of those? No, of course not. Of course not. I mean, you're a psychic, and you're smart enough to deal with any negative forces harassing you, right? But can you help me out here? I can send some energy source harshing my buzz and it's very annoying okay what, what you need to do uh, in an emergency situation cover yourself with the white light call yes. it a white light yes and then put a series of mirrors facing outward to reflect any negativity and thank thank the angels for the protection and it'll work it always works with me Oh. Well, you know, on this show in the past, you have discussed those pesky reptilians, and I I'm thinking mm -hmm. that they may be behind my current situation. Can you explain to the listeners just what reptilians are if they don't know? Well, uh, Spud, it's a good question. There are two types of uh, entities outside of this planet in the universe. Um, one's good, one's bad. Um, one is, um, is are the reptilians, and they look at humans as a food source. Um, they feed off negativity, and they like to ruin our day. <laughs> um, the, the other kind are what's called the Galactic Alliance, and they're benevolent, and um, they're mostly human. They're, they're comprised of 450 million planets, or about 7 trillion entities outside of here on Earth. And they're beautiful. They're beautiful people and entities, and they want to help us. One of the easiest ways to contact them is to do a meditation. It's called the Hue, and it goes like this: Hue, as in human. And if you say that, they'll come in and help you. Hmm. Super. Well, you know, I I know they're ruthless, at least the bad ones. Uh, and mm -hmm. can you toss out just a couple bad things in history they've been responsible for? Oh boy. <laughs> Well, in 1954, they signed an agreement with President Eisenhower that in exchange for some of their technology to fight the Soviet Union, President Eisenhower agreed to let them abduct and study us. And since that time, six million people were, were abducted by the reptilians. Um, of that amount, 4.5 million were, uh, disappeared. Only 1.5 million were returned, and the rest were either put into slavery or, well, they didn't make it back. Let me just say that. That's I don't a, want to. That's a bummer. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. is is there any tried and true method I can use to get them out of my life? Like maybe some kind of spray or lotion? <laughs> well, be sure to shower every day. That's really important. Um, really... And beyond that, and beyond that, I would cover yourself in white light with the mirrors every day. Okay, do the mirrors. Always... Okay, do the mirrors. Okay. Yeah, do the mirrors, and always say the hue at night. You—that's a—that's a tried and okay. true method right. to bring in the galactics, and they—they they will help you too. I should have wrote that down earlier. You know, I, I was raised Catholic, and I was thinking that maybe you could do an exorcism to get rid of those purveyors of evil doing. I, I know it might be tough to do over the phone, but can you give it a shot? Just maybe ask them to leave Spud Goodman the hell alone. 
Okay, um, here's a quick prayer you can say. Five, four, three, two, one. I receive from the God within me complete relief and protection from the reptilians, and I know it to be true. And that'll help. I think I got it all. I might have missed a word or two, but okay, well, I'm, okay. I got my fingers crossed. Spud, yeah. well, I do not feel comfortable here listening to this plea for satanic assistance. I am not, as you know, a member of that occult. So yeah. I don't appreciate you spreading this evil information over the airwaves. Hey, Ted, uh, someone's at the door, and it might be the Domino's guy. Uh, give me a moment. Okay, all right. Are you trying to embarrass me while I'm talking with Ted? No, I'm very fond of Ted, but I sense this discussion veering off into a very dark area. It would be best for all if you changed the subject. No way. And if I can get a free exorcism, maybe my luck will change, as right now it sucks to be me. Oh, be careful what you wish for, Spud. Making a pact with entities on the dark side can have a lasting impact on your life. As long as my luck changes, I'm good with that, all right? Now let me return to Ted. I'm back, and it wasn't the pizza guy. <laughs> um, um, you know, if you were successful, how long will he be out of my life? Will he be back in like a week or two? I, I, would, I would like to visit the casino again and not lose every damn time I hit play on the slot machine, because my, my luck has to change, man. I'm serious. Um, <laughs> once, once, you, once, you, once you ask them and cover yourself with protection from the, uh, from the Galactics, um, that's usually a permanent solution. All right. Usually. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get on that mirror thing. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your services. And next time on the show, I'm not going to ask you to do any heavy lifting. All right? Like, I promise. Okay. <laughs> Anytime, but I'm happy to help. All right. There you have it. Our resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Looks just like the real thing. Spud, uh, you know what? About this so-called need for men of today to be skilled with their hands around the house? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you would be interested in hearing what my wife Rachel has to say, but I know she speaks for millions well. of women who are with men who may be somewhat shortchanged in this particular area. She's ready to call in if you give the go-ahead. Your wife? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that would be a good idea. Oh, I'm sure there are many women out there who have convinced themselves that having a partner who is without any practical everyday skills is not that bad of a situation. And who am I to tell them they are only fooling themselves? Hmm. Jeez, you make it sound well, like guys like us are worthless. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like I can't bring any value to a relationship. Hell no, you can't! I know. I certainly bring a great deal of value to my marriage. And, oh, say, I, I think my wife has called in. Chance the intern just um, gave me the word. Well, but can, can we take her call? She does not deal well with being ignored. Hey, well, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe she can put in a few good words for guys like us. Yeah. So, yeah, what the hell? Um, put her through, but I only have a few seconds, okay? So, hey, Ra Rachel, this, uh, this is Spud. Are you there? Uh, yes, I am, Spud. Okay. You know, I've been listening to the show, and I want to say that I'm very happy in my marriage. See? My wonderful okay. husband, Gerald, may not be what some feel is a real man, as he really can't fix anything around the house. Well, He knows zilch about cars, and he's afraid of guns. But as far as that last one goes, it's really for the best. I mean, I'm the marksman in the family. Yeah, that's what I've I heard. Was, yeah. I was raised around the guns, and I handle all the firearms in our home. Okay. 
So, I mean, he's an outside-the-box husband and father, but it works for the kids You don't have me. to sell him this hard. I, 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 I'm getting it. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, men have such a difficult time living up to the demands of society these days, you know? No, I don't know, as I disagree with your premise. Women need a partner, not another child to take care of. Do you feel me? Uh, feel you? What does that mean? Come on, yo. Understand me. I personally see yeah. a number of men that tend to take advantage of the woman in their life, forcing their partners to assume most, if not all, of the day-to-day -day responsibilities. Don't you often feel overwhelmed by being the only adult in, the re in your relationship? Oh, oh, Mrs. Jarvitz, I resent that question. I have admitted on the air that I do lack certain skills, but I, I'm not a helpless infant like you're portraying me to be. I, I make my wife very happy. Look, alternative facts are not facts. Right? Uh, for the most part. I mean, no one well, can make their spouse happy 100% in all phases of their relationship. Yeah, well, I mean, that's I, yeah, that's true. I know true. there's trade-offs in life. Like, Gerald is quite good at other things, like keeping all the batteries and the smoke alarms fresh. I can he do that. He separates the recycling most weeks, yeah. and no one, no one can make a mug of hot chocolate like him. Yeah. It is so welcome on a chilly day. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Okay, then. If you're happy with that kind of life as a woman, then good for you. I am happy. Very happy. Yeah, honey, there's no need to convince anyone of that. I know you really are happy. Really mm -hmm. happy. Extremely happy. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, okay, I, I, I hate to hang up on you, Rachel, but, you know, we're going to have a real guest calling in uh, real soon, and we need to keep the line open, so uh, thanks for your two cents. Bye. Wait, that's all I get a chance to say? I had a lot more that I wanted to say yeah, about my wonderful well, husband. Um, yeah. um, hey, hey, oh, they tell, tell your wife that I had to move on to interview the band, okay? Oh, she's not going to like that. I don't know how much I can do about it. All right. Okay, it's musical guest interview time. Welcome back to the show, Strangely All Right. Gentlemen, please state for the record your name. You're like your true identity and instrument of choice. Okay, <laughs> I'll start. I'm Regan, I, I'm Regan Lane, and I am the singer. Sean Van Dommel and guitar. Raymond Hayden, I love lamp. All right, super. Okay, I'm going to hit you with this. What is the band's official position on, on hush money? Do you guys have a fixer? <laughs> if we do, it would be Raymond. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. That's for the record. Um, but you're not confirming totally, so um, I'm just, just curious because, I don't know, I, I just feel sorry for people that are on their own because, I mean, I, I have one. It's very small, but it's, it's always nice to know it's there. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just that's just me. It's, it's running money. Pardon me. Running money. Okay. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> um, so okay, let's 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 dig deep here. Um, you guys are known to be really really positive people. I'm hoping you're gonna rub off on me, okay? You know, because then I can cut back on my medication. So I need some lessons. How do you guys stay so darn positive? Oh, come on, Spud. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the deal. Okay, is, I'm, I'm taking we, notes here. Okay, we've some of us, maybe all of us, are from the side of the tracks where uh, things weren't always so good, and we weren't always such nice people. 
And uh, Reagan, I've known you you're almost, for like 30 years. You've always been a nice guy. Yeah, well, thanks. I'm glad I was able to show you that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But in the end, I guess it's more about being happy with what you have than what you think you deserve. Yeah, that's pretty well stated. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Dorothy, that's, that's nice, huh? Yeah, that's how I live my life, you know. Yeah, super. All right. Well, with five, I can feel you. Yeah. With, with five members Thank in the you. group, do, do you guys often end up with three to two votes on banned issues, or is it always <laughs> five zero? It's always one to four, <laughs> but the power of the one is. Jason, are you the? Uh, are you the? No. Okay, yes. who's the one? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. That's that's just between us. So um, I'm going to ask you, um, what are the long-term goals of the band? Do I sense maybe a rock opera, possibly sometime down the road? What do you have? You ever? Th- I don't know. Sure. Why not? Uh, I, you could do it. I know you could do it. <laughs> why not? Because you guys, everything you do is like on a grand scale. You're not, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You're not like subtle or low key. I mean, you just go for it. And I think you could do it. I mean. Well, we'll consider that. Thank you for for that little vote of confidence. Maybe the final thing that we need to push this over the edge. I like that idea. Yeah, your shows are are, uh, very animated, very lively, very colorful. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's, you have quite a following. Look at his suit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank Um, you. So, what's the name of the next song, Jason? And give us a scoop on what it's about. Uh, I can't really speak to what it's about, but the next song is Building Bridges. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, Bill, I had to ask the drummer because everybody ignores the damn drummer. <laughs> no, JB's a big part of this thing. He's, he's in it. Okay. And, uh, he's just far away from the mic. So, so Building Bridges is about just that. I okay. mean, we, we live in a world of, of disconnection and people pointing yes. fingers. If, yes. if I don't agree with you, then you're dumb. And uh, so Building Bridges is trying to get us to just the thought, you know, people are going to do what they want to do, but it's a thought to to maybe listen, Kay. you know, and just uh, see what the other people have to see. And you don't have to agree to understand. Right. Yeah. Hey, nice. man, uh, I cannot tell you how many times I've been called dumb. So this song will speak to me. I'm looking forward to it. Let's do it.
This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. This is Marion Ross. I played Mrs. Cunningham on Happy Days. I'm so happy to talk to you, and I love being on the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah. Your last guest, Marcus Scribner, is on hold for you. Good. You know, he's on that ABC sitcom Blackish, you know, playing the son of uh, Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross's, they're, you know, the characters. He, he plays her son. It's a really good show. Yes. Blackish is one of my favorites on Tuesday nights. I've always had a thing for Lawrence Fishburne, you know. What a hottie. Yes. All right. I'll admit to you guys, I've never heard of this show Blackish. Now, is this a, a police drama or something with, like, lawyers? And it only makes common sense. Uh, no, it's a comedy, you know, about an African-American family dealing with everyday life, but hmm. from, you know, kind of a slightly different angle because they take on topics that, you know, are, are in the news. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? I'll set our VCR next Tuesday. But let me ask you, does it have a lot, have a lot of the rap music? Because too much bass hurts my knees. That is messed up, yo. No, I think your knees will be just fine. Just, oh. just put Marcus through. Yeah, here he is. Say hello to actor Marcus Scribner. Hey, man, thanks for calling into the show. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Super. So you co-star in the ABC series Blackish, which airs each Tuesday at 9, 8 central. It's a funny show that, that has a bit of a social conscience, too. I mean, you guys have taken on current topics in society and generated thought and laughs, which is not an easy task. Yeah, it's been, um, It's. I think that's what differentiates our show from every other um, comedy on television is that is that social conscience that we have and making sure to stay true to what's going on in America and what's going on around the world um, and just kind of bringing those to our audience so um, it's definitely it's definitely a unique comedy yeah well your character Andre Jr. is, is not a caricature of what a teenager resembles these days like in one episode your dad was a little freaked when you said you wanted to go out for the field hockey team over the basketball team Anthony Anderson's character struggled with that a bit right yeah um, I think Junior's definitely a um, a very positive guy and he's he's a little different than what uh, modern teenagers are kind of portrayed on television and I, but I feel like there's a lot of us out there who can't relate to Junior um, and the way he acts and it's kind of cool to see the representation of nerd culture on um, television um, and Junior is definitely the embodiment of that. Right, you know, I remember when my dad flipped out when I, after I told him I wanted to be a cheerleader in junior high, he, he made me start like lifting weights, he took me hunting and got me a subscription to Hustler, so it was a bit of an overreaction, but I think it was it was a pretty real storyline, I think I think people could relate to it, but anyway, alright. Yeah. Um, you know, the cast uh, on Blackish is very strong, with, with Anthony Anderson, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Lawrence Fishburne, among others, I, I would think you have to be at the top of your game at all times, huh? Yeah, you definitely got to be on, on your P's and Q's, making sure that uh, I'm ready for anything at any time because, you know, um, he's able to come up with stories off the top of his head um, and continue scenes for at least 10 minutes after the, the, the camera um, department yells cut. So we've always got to be ready, and I think it's definitely helped me to develop as an actor just getting to um, soak up all the knowledge from Jennifer Lewis, Lawrence Fishburne, Tracy Ellis Ross, Anthony, um, and just continuing to work in that space and just trying to evolve. So Right. Yeah. 
Well, you started acting at, at age 10, man. Uh, so, so instead of having to deal with wiener winks and fish sticks at the school cafeteria, you had the best stuff with craft services, free and all you can eat. How cool is that? As, as I'm telling you, cafeteria food is really lame. <laughs> well, actually, when I was um, younger, I worked on a few projects. I, I got I, I booked guest star roles and commercials and things like that. But for most of my life, I've just gone to uh, normal public school, so huh. I've had to deal with the cafeteria food. I've never seen, um, but it's it's definitely it was definitely cool. Whenever I did book a job to go on set and just have like the best food imaginable, and I'd just go back and brag to all my classmates. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's free and it's all you can eat. Man, I mean, that's just... Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Um, yeah, if you can uh, sense that I'm obsessed with craft services food, I am. But anyway, all right. Um, <laughs> Spud, if, yeah. I, if I may, don't you think our listeners are, well, I mean, tired of hearing about your obsession with craft services food? I don't think so. Yeah, that is the one thing you ask just about every Hollywood star. Jeez, you'd think you were malnourished or starving or something. Uh, hey, Marcus, just a sec. So I'm into craft services. Big deal. Everyone has an area of interest in their lives. Some people are into technology. Others are into the occult. I myself am into really, really good free food. Spud has always been a foodie with free meals. I remember he would have his parents take him to bars during happy hour. He would stay in the car, and they would bring the best of it to him in the parking lot, even in the middle of winter. That's right. What? Now, th that is, that's just wrong. Go buy your food at the grocery store, for goodness sake, like the rest of us. Free food tastes better, man. Uh-huh. But I think your overindulgence of wings back then led you to being a vegetarian. That's right. And I hate carrots and ranch dressing now, too. But let me get back to Marcus. Okay, I have returned. All right. So, so you have a you have a new movie coming out, Confessional. Uh, what's that one about? Do you, do you play like a a young priest or something? <laughs> no, um, Confessional. So basically, it's a, it's a movie that's it's like a murder mystery movie done in the style of uh, Confessional Booth. Um, so every single character that's involved in the story. Um, Instead of having like various angles shot in like POV or things like that, um, it's all done in confessional style where we basically talk directly in the camera um, and give our point of view of the story. Um, I think it's very interesting and a unique concept, and uh, I think our execution is pretty tight, so um, I'm excited for it. Um, we should be, I think we're going to be touring film festivals pretty soon, so it should, it's going to be cool. Oh, nice. Super. People can, can look out for it. Okay. Well, you know, I understand you work with the Reserve Protection Agency in South Africa. You know, we're, we're later aired on Hashtag Radio in Cape Town. So uh, what are you doing with them? Um, well, actually, um, I worked out there to promote technology that they're using to um, catch poachers. Uh, oh, good. Such as night vision technology, infrared, things like that. Um, good. They're... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they're an agency that promotes the welfare of uh, endangered species such as the, the white rhino and um, elephants, uh, creatures that are often poached and very important to the uh, natural environment um, in South Africa. Uh, so I just thought it was a very important initiative to be involved with. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, the things that, that poachers do are, are also a in my opinion, one of the most 
they're just horrible, horrible things. So I, I, uh, I applaud you for your, for your, uh, you know, participation. Yeah. So all right, well, thank you. You know, I read that you're planning to attend college. How tough will that be if Blackish goes on for like another four or five years? I mean, if you do it online, you're going to miss all the fun stuff like toga parties, football games, and protesting things. I did two years at a community college. I got to tell you, it was a blast. I mean, we only really had the party part, but they weren't at my apartment. But I'm just saying, you're going to miss a lot. Are you going to do it online? Or are you going to actually go on the campus? Um, I'm probably going to uh, go on campus, which would uh, cool. Um, which would have me I, I, I'm gonna defer basically uh, my first year of college which is basically just taking a gap year so that I can right. um, attend a four-year university um, and hopefully stay on campus I committed to uh, University of Southern California USC so um, yeah I'm super excited to attend there and uh, just start start the coursework and have a great time all right pack 12 man all right yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, well, you know, I'm going to let you go because uh, I'm sure you're a, a very busy young man. Let me tell everyone once again that Blackish airs each Tuesday night on ABC at 9, 8 Central. Uh, thanks a bunch for coming on our show. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me, Smith. There you have it, Mr. Marcus Scribner. Every second you lose, you lose. Dude, I, I, I kind of feel sorry for you. You know, earlier in the show when, when your wife had to call in and tell everyone you weren't worthless, I mean, I was kind of embarrassed how emasculated you sounded. Well. Uh, it, but it was compelling radio. Does your wife serve you juice boxes and cut, cut your meat too? I was just curious. Over the line! Yeah, yeah very funny. No, and you know what? I don't feel emasculated, okay? okay. I am very secure in my masculinity. No okay. one has questioned if I'm a real man ever. Ever? No, not ever, Mrs. Jarvis. Well, okay, I promise just, you. Okay, just checking. Hey, Spud. Some woman is on the line. She says she's your ex-wife and wants to talk with you on the air. Uh, my ex-wife? Which ex-wife? I think she said her name was Sharon. Oh, my Lord. Um, Sharon, huh? You know, she's the ex-wife uh, I mentioned that had a bit of an anger management problem. Uh-huh. But I heard she's mellowed out, you know, these days. But part of me saying don't encourage her and, you know, keep her on hold until we're off the air. And the other part of me says it's, it's a lot safer to just to take her call. Just, 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 just put it through. I'll make it really quick. Um, Sharon, are you there? Are you there? I, okay. yeah, okay. I am here. Okay. And I've been listening to the show. Yeah. Yeah, Gerald's wife does sound like a mommy wife, but for all the women who've been in your life, Spud, well, you're no prize either. My Um, God. When uh, we were married, I would have had to continue to remind myself that you are not really my older stepson or something. She's my sister and my daughter. You know, my memories of our sort of marriage is uh, I was a victim. I mean, and I had to endure considerable emotional abuse. You know... You really did hurt me deeply by calling me a little b- all the time. Seriously. Uh, yeah, I admit I may have said some mean things to you. Well, especially you after I found out about you boning that ticket hairmaster. And she looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, she looked a bit masculine, but so what? It's not important. Uh, but again, I never slept with her. I only, you know, it was... You know, she, don't throw at that weasel defense again. It was for the best anyway. I should have sent her a thank you note. 
Well, I have a guy cutting my hair now anyway, but whatever hair I got left. Um, and for the record, she quit the business. I guess there were too many dudes asking for Patrick Dempsey hair with Polly Shore hairlines. It just got too demanding for her. Oh, yeah. Patrick Dempsey is dreamy, but he can't, cha- he can't stack up to my chance. Yes! Yeah, yeah, Chance the intern does have decent hair. But he's a community college student. How could you not pick Patrick Dempsey over an intern? That makes no sense. Well, love is something you know little about, Spud. Well, what is the question? Right? Right, Mrs. Jarvis? You speak the truth. I know. Spud, when... Yeah, when we were married, Spud, was it too much for me to expect that you could handle at least one or two things that men do for women? Yeah, like, uh, right, I remember, uh, like, it was really important that I cut a Christmas tree, you know, down with my own hands. Uh, I remember you wanted me to rebuild that transmission in your car. That was just way too much to expect, way too much. Good call, yo. Yeah, uh, Sharon, all men are not cut from the same cloth, you know. We are unique, and we all Gerald, Gerald, I don't know you, but butt out, please. Whoa. So, Spud, I wanted to at least voice my opinion about what a woman wants, needs, and expects yeah, from the okay. man in her life. I kind of remember what you if told me when, you know, waiting for you. Hey, listen, if you're ever going to make a woman yeah. at least partially satisfied, yeah. you really do need to at least try and make an effort. Okay, well, as I stated in therapy, I, I'm, I'm capable of pulling off an effort, all right? Because that does not demand a successfully completed task. <laughs> Look, I know I wasn't the man you wanted me to be, and, and if I ever do remarry, which I doubt, you know, I will do so with the full understanding of all parties that said effort um, does not have to end successfully to be a fulfillment of this expectation, because that's a bridge too far. I got to admit the truth. It turned me on. Geez, if you could even replace a light bulb, that would be an improvement. I well, guess the next woman in your that. life will have to settle for effort, sure. but you can't fail on purpose. I know that trick of yours. Give a half effort and hope she'll just say the heck with it and finish the job herself. Not all the time. Hey, Sharon, I just want you to know I always liked you, even when Spud had to come stay at my place. And you are so right. He was really good at that failing on purpose trick growing up. His parents just gave up and had to pay for a lawn service and other neighborhood kids to clean up the yeah, dog poop in their backyard. It's really cheap, though. Yeah, it's worked very well for you over the years. I'm sorry, Spud, but it's the truth. Yeah, but no one likes a narc, Aunt Dorothy. They are not our friend. I, I-, I want to say this as a man. I pledge my full commitment to satisfy all my wife's wishes, desires, and to-do lists as, as I get it. That's what a real man does. Hey, 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 you shut your face! Honey, I, I hope you're still listening to the show. Hey, kissing up to your wife on the air is not allowed. You've been well, warned about that issue many times. Ixnay on that please. Okay, Sharon, if you'll hang up now uh, and let me close the show. When I get home, I promise to... How about I like something you posted on Facebook? I know we're not friends, of course, but I'll, I'll look you up. Um, I mean, you're okay, please? Uh, you're not going to cut the brake lines on my car again, are you? I never did that, Spud. And if you kept on top of the maintenance on your car, you would have had the brake pads and rotors replaced that night. Yeah, well, t- I'm amazed that you can even put gas in your car by yourself. <laughs> Look, I know how to put gas in a car, okay? Before I let you go, let me just say I hope you're happy now. And if you have a man in your life, I pray he's okay with being called a little b-. You know, just from time to time. 
Okay. So, uh, are we good? I got to hey, go. Hey, if you do find me on Facebook, you will see many pictures of my loving husband, Kevin. And yes, his full head of hair is real. And no, he does not take steroids. I didn't ask. That so. comes from many hours at the gym. Yeah. I am very okay. happy. Thank you for asking. Yeah. I couldn't resist calling in when I stumbled upon the show. Yeah, okay. I'm glad I hope you have so, someone okay. in your life yeah. now to help you get through the day. If not, well, I don't uh, know. Look, what to no, tell I'm you. single, okay, and I'm doing really, really well. Really well. I got to go. Bye. Oh, but you, Spud, she sounds like she still might have some lingering anger issues about you. I think that would be an accurate statement. Look, dude, you could have jumped in to defend me. And regarding the car issue, you know less about them than I do. Maybe, but I hold a tool well for my wife. Just let me sign off, right? I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Copyright 2018, Spud Goodman Productions.